0: Thank you.
1: and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This sixth episode is for the week of May 21st, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment, for if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to have my friend, fellow astrologer, and energy facilitator, Christopher Taylor, join me in a discussion on Uranus in Taurus and Mars in Aquarius. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energeticprinciples. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week with a first quarter moon in discerning Virgo on Monday, where she'll remain until moving into balance-oriented Libra on late Wednesday. She'll be in Libra until Saturday when she moves into the intensity of Scorpio, where she'll remain for the weekend. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe at about eight hours, and if you're in Australia or the East at about 17 hours, basically the following day. Keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, also known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. So before we get started here, just a quick heads up uh, this podcast will be off air for the next two weeks while I'm in Chicago for the United. Astrology conference, also known as UAC. Um, this is a big deal for astrologers. It's been everybody's been getting ready for it for months, years for some. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting uh, many of my colleagues uh, um, in a city that I love and I haven't been to in a long time. So I'm really looking forward to it. But all that being said, um, just have to take a little break. Uh, Why I uh, experience that, but you know, depending on what goes down there, maybe there'll be some bonus material released um so i'm very excited about this i'm looking forward to passing you know what i learned there to you guys um, so let's get into this week so this week has a lot of energy to it now that we are in the waxing cycle of the moon first quarter will prompt us into early action on you know early on in the week and several mercury transits will kick off this gemini season with a chatty communicative bang Venus meets stern Saturn and Neptune and Pluto make more than one appearance along with expansive Jupiter having his say. So let's take a look at what's ahead. So Monday, uh, we start out the week with that moon in Virgo I was speaking about. And the moon is going to trine Uranus and square the sun, um, otherwise known as our first quarter moon. And when we have a first quarter moon, uh, that's when the moon is waxing after the new moon. And it means, you know, we're called into action in some way. Um, Or there is some type of conflict that we have to work through in order to kind of push through and, and make some waves for this lunar cycle. And so usually this is the time when we're just pushing forward with our agenda. Um, We might have to contest with a few things, you know, going wrong or uh, just little obstacles in our way, but we're learning and we're figuring it out. And uh, especially in Virgo, we'll definitely be figuring it out. (laughs) Um, So it's just a push for action. So Monday we'll get started off a little, you know, Little more oomph to it. Uh, So, you know, having uh, first quarter in Virgo, it's got a more unifying force to it um, because the sun will be in Gemini and the first quarter moon will be in Virgo, and both are ruled by Mercury. Uh, And because these are mutable signs, this first quarter moon is likely to be a time of creative transition uh, and will have to have, you know, the ability to go with the flow in a sense. Uh, And Virgo is known for its ability to be practical and discerning. And because it's an earth energy and a tense aspect with air, grounding ideas into reality may be what is necessary now. Uh, So focusing on our tasks or, uh, you know, crafting um, what we're, you know, getting down to what it is that we're trying to get dynamic results out of. Like this is where we're going to be focused. Um, So... You might, you might desire to be kind of left alone and just to chip away at what you got to do early on in the week, especially on Monday. So try not to be overcritical of your ideas or output and just roll with it. Uh, we have two aspects from Mercury tomorrow, which is most likely going to influence some of this uh, first quarter moon action, but more on that in a minute. Uh, So the bottom line of Monday is today may have conflict between the social on the go Gemini sun and the retiring Virgo moon. A lot of energy will be in the air pushing things forward and inventive solutions may be uh, may need to arise, you know, for us to be able to work with. Uh, So you know. Uh, as they say, with, <laughs> that's the thing with Virgo is Virgo likes to fix it. They like to find solutions. They like to get down into the nitty-gritty of the problem. Uh, just be aware that there's also the, uh, the ability to fix it until it's broke. So find a little <laughs> in-between uh, in, in there, and you'll be good on Monday. Uh, so Tuesday, we still have the moon in Virgo, and uh, the moon will make a sextile to Venus, a trine to Saturn, an opposition to Neptune, and then a sextile to Jupiter. And so there's actually a good amount of stuff going on on Tuesday. Uh, We have Mercury that I just talked about this a second ago. We have Mercury who's going to sextile Neptune and will also oppose Jupiter that day. Um, And so what does that mean? Well, Mercury uh, in a sextile uh, aspect to Neptune... You know, uh, Mercury is is our how we collect information, how we process things, how we distribute, you know, uh, communicating with other people, the intellect, and, and rolling over ideas in our mind. And it's basically the function that uh, helps us... Uh, assimilate um, and and share information in many ways. And since we have a sextile to Neptune, sextiles help to create opportunities or or, or open certain doors. Um, It just doesn't magically happen, but we have the opportunity to do so. And with Neptune, uh, Neptune is one of those hazy planets, literally. (laughs) It can be known for uh, dealing with loss or confusion or uh, the disillusion of something because it removes all boundaries. But it also, so on the high side of things, and sometimes those things can be good and that is the high side, you know, when we have to let go of the certain things. But I think in this particular case, Um, especially contacting Mercury, uh, Neptune might provide us with certain inspiration that we need. Um, So with these two meeting in a sextile, if we are receptive to the undercurrents floating around right now, uh, chances are there's going to be opportunity for great inspiration to be in the air. Imagination will be flowing, so do not be surprised if there's a daydreaming quality to the day, especially in the evening. Um, in fact, part of that first quarter moon tension may lie in the inability to focus, making tasks more difficult to complete, which we were just saying on Monday. So just keep oh, <laughs> keep in mind, you might have stuff to do, but you're going to have to like concentrate <laughs> or look for the inspiration to get past that. Um, so just listen to your intuition and see what you may pick up, um, on this day, because chances are spirit will be speaking. And with Mercury currently in Taurus, we may be able to take inspiration, uh, and mull it over in our brains for greater practical application. So that's a good thing that could come out of this, um, you know, practical inspiration. <laughs> uh, and so then with Mercury in opposition with Jupiter, so same thing, you know, that, um, mulling over that information, and assimilating it or communicating it to others um, is going to be an opposition with Jupiter. And oppositions usually have uh, a a decision or a choice that needs to be made um, or someone or something comes to us Uh, and we have to kind of decide about it and deal with it and and look at it and see the bird's eye view of it all. Um, and with Jupiter, Jupiter is about, you know, expanding our world and growing, um, and, and, movement, uh, into, into the future, you know, doing what it takes to kind of expand, um, where we are at this moment. Um, and so with the opposition to Jupiter, Mercury is getting a bird's eye view of where to make decisions and expand you know, your world in some way. Uh, I consider this a bit of a blessing as the discerning Virgo energy of the moon will help balance out the more big picture energy of Jupiter, allowing us to see both in the process. So this may be a day where you have to make decisions about the future or other people prompt you to do so. Um, And there's a possibility of engaging in intellectual sparring matches as well. So just be on the lookout and don't take a friendly debate too seriously at this time because people are just going to want to, you know, chatted up. Um, And because Mercury's in Taurus, you know, Taurus can end up being a little stubborn, stubborn, (laughs) stubborn with its view at times. Um, So the two of these aspects combined seem to have us tapping into inspiration and taking in mentally how these dreams may fit into the bigger picture, um, which will then help us uh, and influence us where we choose to move forward. So the bottom line for Tuesday is this seems like a busy day with lots of ideas and conversations going back and forth, uh, which sparks the imagination. So maintaining practical focus on our tasks will be easier in the first half of the day with the evening reserved for some daydreaming and a little downtime escape. Uh, So Tuesday, get it all done in the day and then let yourself just have a moment. (laughs) And so, all right. So, Hump Day, Wednesday. uh, The moon is still in Virgo, and will be in a trine to Mercury, and then a trine to Pluto. Um, And then that's super early on in the day, and then it'll be void of course all day. Uh, And so, we have another aspect going on on Wednesday, and that is the Sun will be trining Mars. And so, the Sun, you know, our life force, our vitality, uh, our the self, you know, how we connect to our our. The purpose of ourselves. Um, and usually when the sun, we have sun transits, there's usually some type of turning of a page uh, in some respects. And because this is a trine, you know, it's flowing, it's sudden, it's it's rapid development. All the obstacles are, you know, out of here. Uh, and so the sun is going to be flowing with Mars. And Mars is now in Aquarius. Um, and so we're gonna have uh, basically because Mars represents, you know, our action, our drive, what motivates us, you know, propels us and pushes us forward. Um, we are pushed forward easily with our own purpose and our own life and vitality is going to be up, you know, like this is, I, I find this to be a very uh, good aspect for this week to help us, you know, kind of flow on forward with what we need to do. Um, so this aspect brings, it's probably going to bring great energy, Um especially midweek. And some exercise may be needed to help, you know, feel balanced and go with the flow. Uh, because, because both of these are in air signs right now and Gemini and Aquarius might get a little heady. So because of all that energy that's out there, you might want to kind of run it off or, you know, just get moving in some way. And because, and if you're moving, chances are you're going to get like inspiration or feel drive or like, you know, want to do more. Um, so, you know, get out there and get some exercise. Uh, but really projects will flow and we'll have the energy necessary, uh, you know, especially since we're under this waxing gibbous moon, uh, to carry out the work that's before us. So this could be a great day to take stock on some of the projects you're currently working on, um, and sort out the ones you want to take action on and then get to work basically. So, uh, the ones that are most aligned with your own sense of purpose will be the ones that are most fulfilling at this time, since we are making a trine to the sun. So do keep that in mind. So the bottom line for Wednesday is, we will feel passionately about our projects and may become fixated on a particular direction. With all the air, communication and social engagement may be up. So get done what you can because the energy is flowing and focus is here. So... All right. Thursday, Thursday, we got the moon in Libra. Finally, the moon has moved from Virgo. Uh, So we'll have that Libra moon, uh, balancing, harmonizing, uh, once again, air. So we're going to have, because we still have the sun and Mars in a trine to each other, we're going to have an air trine on Thursday. Um, And so, you know, thoughts, communications, all that's going to be flowing. Uh, So that moon in Libra is going to trine Mars and the sun, like I just mentioned, uh, and then square Venus and Saturn later in the day. And so the bottom line for Thursday is we have that grand trine in air kicking up communication and the flow of ideas. Uh, The moon in the early stages of Libra will be seeking balance. And in the process, there may be some tension in regard to our relationships and our commitments, making it harder to connect with others. So take a time out at night, if needed, to find inner harmony as we may be on the verge of some breakdown, breakthrough energy. Um, And why I say that is we're about to go through Friday and we got some tense things on Friday. um, And chances are, especially with Libra moons, because Libra likes to balance it out, you know, can't have it. One-sided or you know lopsided or whatever, and so when the moon is in Libra, especially in those early degrees, I notice that that's usually when we're a bit tested with trying to find our own harmony, and uh, and we have to kind of work it out while the moon's in Libra. So moving on to Friday and all these you know aspects I'm talking about, the moon is still in Libra, like I said, and will uh, square Pluto uh, during the day. And so some of the things we have going on on Friday, um, and keep in mind, you might feel these emphasis uh, earlier on in the week or later into the, the weekend, um, but we have Jupiter trine Neptune, we have Mercury trine Pluto, and we have Venus in opposition to Saturn, All right, so let's run that down. Um, So, Jupiter making a trine to Neptune, you know, once again, Jupiter is that expanding your worldview and growing in some way and moving forward. Once again, that trine is about, uh, you know, rapid development, sudden flowing, just going with it. Uh, And then Neptune, once again, is that loss, that confusion, uh, the removal of boundaries, but also that inspiration and, um, you know, kind of that creative inspiration from spirit that comes up. And so, you know, first off, I think this transit, because it's so slow moving, will be felt all week. Uh, So it's more of an umbrella type of transit, more so than an acute hit of energy. Uh, And especially in water signs, it will flow in and out with a subtle impact. I feel like spirit will be kicked up a lot this week with our ability to sense where the future is headed based on the energetic climate. Um, Some emotional content may be easily released at this time for the expansion to happen. So if anything falls away... it probably seems right that it does. So I really like this aspect for this week because it's, I feel like we're just really flowing with where we need to go. We can release whatever does not work. Uh, we can tune into spirit to know where we want to direct ourselves. And it just seems to be um, a very helpful aspect in, in many ways. And so now Mercury trine Pluto. So once again we have that Mercury, you know, thoughts, mind, communication, collecting the information, just you know, all that kind of jazz. Um, and we once again have a trine. That sudden flowing energy, and that trine is to Pluto, uh, which is our our transformation energy, our deep emotions. Situations we find ourselves in that cause great change. Um, and so our, you know, I think our minds are getting around the transitions that are happening now. And we are likely able to communicate intense emotional material to others at this time and maybe particularly this week uh this can also be a fruitful time to get down to the bottom of our own well you know so to speak you know what is it that lies in inside or you know getting aligned with that and having our mind be able to tap into what is deeply needed within with our within our own wells um so especially since we have neptune aspects this week too this can be a great time to take a listen to the inner self you know what's being what's trying to bubble up and uh direct the changes that are being made you know, because it's in earth signs. Um, and our minds will be on more of an earthly and, uh, you know, practical plane. We'll be on practical matters. Uh, so business trade and money may be at the forefront of what we're thinking about more practical considerations. Uh, and then lastly, we have that Venus opposition to Saturn, which can be a little bit of a rough one. Um, and, it it, happ- <laughs> it happens. Uh, so Venus, as we know, she's the planet of, you know, relationships and relating uh, and resources um, and things like creative projects, you know, stuff that we're receptive to. And with an opposition, uh, once again, that's usually involving some type of decision or choice that made needs to be made or we're, you know, confronted with something of some sort of opposition or a tug of war. Um, and then Saturn is that, uh, you know, that good old taskmaster always about the structure and the responsibility and committing to things and, you know, stepping into your own authority, uh, building, consolidating constriction, you know, things such as that. Um, And so, you know, Venus is in Cancer right now. And so we got that Cancer-Capricorn axis going on. And so this can be a bit of a trying aspect in the relationship department as, um, you know, you're basically confronting the limitations of Pleasure or the ability to relate with others, uh, there may be a bit of a closed offedness kind of going on today, um, or like later on in the week, and our sense of duty to our work or commitments may be keeping us, you know, from the good time that we're looking for. Uh, so, especially if we're, you know, trying to want to go home or. You know, hang out with our loved ones or our family and and we're stuck at work, you know, something like that. Uh, So chances are the restrictions will come from outside of us in some way because it is an opposition uh, causing a decision to have to be made. Um, so because this is on that cancer Capricorn axis, take a good look at your resources and financial security right now, because that might, may be key since both of those signs are really focused on, um, security in, in those regards. Uh, so if resources are dwindling in any way, this may be the time where you make the decision to, you know, tighten that proverbial belt. (laughs) Um, so that's a lot for Friday. And so the bottom line is this day has a lot of juice to it. It's likely to be a bit of a trying day emotionally as compulsive urges or intense encounters may arise. Yet we have the ability to make decisions regarding how we relate difficult things to others, as well as easily communicating our intense desires to make them a reality. So do the work, uh, you know, necessary to regain the balance because we do have that Moon in Libra. Um, so we're kind of looking for that balance and harmony, and then just operate with a lens of diplomacy rather than power struggles. Because once again, Libra is looking for that more diplomatic action, and because she's in a square to Pluto, um, y- you know, this, this can be some intense emotional matter that comes up. So on Saturday, we have the moon in Scorpio, speaking of intense, Um, and the moon is going to oppose Uranus, square Mars, sextile Saturn, and then trine Venus. And so the bottom line for Saturday is uh, emotions intensify and passions arise. There's a restlessness in the air and something that springs out of blue can trigger tempers to rise and increase irritability earlier on in the day. Um, so just be aware of that if you're finding yourself a little testy uh, or rolling over, you know, old situations in your head or old emotions, because that can happen with Scorpio where you know you get that circular thought or circular emotions that go round and round. Uh, so just work through any of that, and then uh, the energy will settle once those feelings are grounded by the practicality of Saturn and then that personal healing energy of Venus um, later on the day when those contacts come up. Uh, so try to get tap into that Taurus grounded energy. Um, that we have, uh, especially since Mercury is there right now. So that will help us kind of calm that down a little bit. And so on Sunday, we still have that moon in Scorpio, and then we'll conjunct Jupiter, trine Neptune, and sextile Pluto. Um, and so the bottom line for Sunday is, as we close out the week, uh, we're basically aligning emotionally with any change that has taken place uh, while feeling more connected with our future direction, you know, as we conjunct Jupiter there. Uh, so this is a great day to sense where you're headed and open yourself up to the inspiration that is permeating through the air. And by doing so, you'll be in an opportunity to help heal and transform whatever has come to pass. So, all right. So we have, you know, the universe does not let us off the hook. (laughs) So much action. Um, but, you know, to really wrap it up here, we are just getting started in this Gemini season, and there will be some rocky energy to move through first. Um, and our ability to communicate will be highlighted this week. Uh, so we may be confronted with some limitations within relationships uh, or within our resources, or possibly both. Yet the energy is high, so we have what it takes to get through any turbulence along the way. So let's look at the cards because they really, you know, seem to add another dimension to everything I just uh, summarized. And so this week I drew the five of pentacles as the focus and the page of cups as the grounding. And so with the five of pentacles as the focus, we may be doing some soul searching around what might be missing in our lives. When this card comes up, we may be feeling as though we are lacking something or that we are rejected in some way. Uh, And if you do feel like some of your needs are being neglected, this could be the perfect time to tune in and decipher what they may be. So this card can also come up uh, when we're feeling a little under the weather physically. So be sure to take good care of yourself this week and give yourself the attention that you need. Uh, And just know that if you experience any hardship at this time, it is just a passing phase. And so with the Page of Cups as the grounding, uh, some of these hardships may be taking place in the realm of intimacy or relating heart to heart with another person. You know, keep in mind, we do have Venus opposing Saturn this week uh so being vulnerable enough to show your feelings may be necessary this week and it you know even if you experience a feeling of aloneness or rejection you know that the five of Pentacles can bring, try to find in your heart to forgive the situation. Because this card also taps into the ability to create and daydream. So, if something is missing in your life, like I just said with that Five of Pentacles, now would be a good time to get in touch with your heart, follow your intuition, and make the changes necessary for a better, more prosperous life. And last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the fox. <laughs> Our friend the fox is a shifty little beast, reminding us that being adaptable in life is the key to going with the flow. So when the fox shows up, chances are we're going to have to adjust to the changes that are happening all around us, as it is futile to try to control the situation in any way. And if you feel, you know, you're if you're feeling a little stuck or a little rigid, you know, find a way to shake things up. Uh, As Mercury is now in Taurus, the mind can get pretty fixated on a a matter. So take a nature walk or, you know, participate in some sort of activity to help move the energy along. And if you find yourself fighting or even demanding change in some way, just know the universe has its own divine timing. So trust in whatever is happening now, and then do your best to adapt. So now, if you would like to go deeper with the energy of the week um, and interact with it personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. Uh, Whether you're just starting out on your journey or you're a seasoned expert, the weekly spread can be of immense help to getting a more personalized overview for the week. And so every Sunday, I release a short video outlining the custom spread while also encouraging you to share your cards and your questions. Um, So the whole purpose is to help you gain insight uh, and combine the astrology with you know those purposeful card placements. Um I also highlight a crystal each week and an inspirational quote to get your you know get that brain thinking. Um and so last week we worked on new moon new normal but that new moon in Taurus. And so this week Uh, Well, you'll just have to come on down to find out. And even though this podcast will be off the air for two weeks, the tarot subscription will be continued. So if you'd want to find out more, um, and uh, I also always kind of include what's going on with the planets. It's almost a summarized version of everything I do here in some way, shape, or form. Um, You can still access that through those videos. So if you want to find out more, you can check out a sample spread on patreon.com backslash Principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, so I'd like to welcome my special guest for the week, Christopher Taylor. Uh, Thank you for being here, Christopher.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) And Christopher and I know each other from, uh, once again, this is a buddy from uh, San Diego Astrological Society. He's a local here in um, San Diego. Well, you're up in North County, you're a little farther north actually you kind of get around you've been moving a lot lately
0: (laughs) yeah i've got to move here in the next week so oh my gosh i don't know
1: how you do it and you're always on the road with uh what you do so uh it's so we so i'll catch christopher from time to time at meetings not all the time but um you're always very interesting to talk to so uh thank you for being here and uh tell us a little bit about yourself so listeners know a little more
0: uh, well, I've been in the San Diego area uh, for about four years now, but I got my start um, with astrology and things of that nature up in Sacramento. I was up there from about 2005 to 2013. Um, that's where I started diving in, meet, you know, working with clients and doing classes and workshops and all that good stuff. Um, and so since I've been in California, really, I've really kind of grown this um this community of people like yourself obviously um but you know it's not something i grew up with or anything like that so i mean i'm originally from uh Worcester, massachusetts so i grew up kind of you know standardized i guess you could you could call it <laughs> east coast standardization or indoctrination or you know and so there was a certain certain kind of reality um that i was you know that was put forth for me and then i kind of came into this kind of thing on my own, so there was no no influences. it was very intrinsic um, mm. path toward this. It was not like you know I hung out with certain people I mean if anything, I had to pull away from the people I knew to dive into something like this um, but it's it still drives me um, <laughs> so uh, i I always say you know. Use what works, don't use it, you know don't use what doesn't work, and if it stops working, stop using it and the way astrology is for me it's it keeps working, so I'm gonna keep using it
1: oh yes, it really it really does work yeah. uh, uh, well obviously uh, why would we be here right now um yeah. that's it well that's interesting, I feel the same way I'm the same exact you know I didn't come from anything that that was even remotely like uh you know yeah. mystical or you know diving into the mysteries of how the universe works in many ways um and this is not even what we're talking about today but i'm curious did anything kind of lead you down this path not you know necessarily influences from family or you know your upbringing but like like you know kind of little signs from the universe that are like go here check this out
0: Uh, um i just i just felt very drawn Uh, every time i would dig in i'd want to dig in further i think you know, when the internet really came out, um, you know, and I'm old enough, I remember when there was no internet, or or at least when there was, but it wasn't really used for a while. It was kind of like, oh, the internet's there, but it wasn't novel novel like it is today. (laughs) Um, But I was in college, and um, I just remember, I, I got a little, a little kind of summer, like, I want to call it an internship, but it was, you know, something related to my, to my you know professional direction at that time, which I was a meteorology student. Um, and it put me in front of a computer all day um, mm. for a whole summer. And I didn't, I never really did that, sat in front of a computer like that. Cause I would, you know, I, I was the way I was raised, um, my dad I worked in a factory. I worked in that factory in between summers in college and you know, it was physical labor produced money kind of kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that summer was the first time I'd ever like sat in front of a computer to make money. Um, and what happened was it's you know, my what I had to produce or what I was being, you know, funded to produce didn't take eight hours a day, five days a week, you know. And so I had extra time and I just found the internet essentially that summer and um, whatever floated my boat, I would look into it. And um astrology is one of the rabbit holes that I went down <laughs> that summer. And then that that opened all, all up. And I just, you know, ran into people like Caroline Mace and you know, um, Edgar Casey, like and, and going through, you know, Edgar Casey's what led me to my first chart. Um and oh. blew me away because I got this chart delivered and I'm like, what is this? I always thought I was a Pisces. What is all this moon and Mercury? What's all this Virgo? <laughs> and then, yeah, when I read and I read it, you know, the interpretations, especially like, you know, moon and Virgo, Virgo rising, I'm like, that's more me than Pisces, you know? Like, or, but there was still some accuracy in the Pisces. I was just like, but, you know, people wouldn't describe me that way. They would describe me like the Virgo. And mm-hmm. um, it made, it just started, it just made so much sense that I dove into that. And then before I knew it, I was diving into other people's And I've always had like a memory bank of birthdays Um, from the time I was a little kid all the way up. If you give me your birthday, I'm going to remember your birthday, you know, and it's like, it's just, so I had this whole essentially catalog of birthdays in my head. And so I would just start looking people up. And so I did my own kind of research and and the more I I looked into people that I kind of knew or knew well and, and looked at comparisons, it just blew me away how how accurate Accurate. was! i couldn't i couldn't put it down i couldn't ignore it i couldn't (laughs) throw it away or um you know and so it was just one one day i actually saw an astrologer and this was years after i started playing with it and using it on a daily basis for myself um so i never actually seen an astrologer and i just saw one and she was someone with like 25 years experience been on tv radio this and that and when i sat with her um just the way I knew my chart and understood things and could respond. She wasn't used to having someone who like, you know, understood charts, which she was reading charts for. And she just said, You you know what you're doing. Like you should just get some cards done and just start doing readings. And I was like, what? Why would I do that? And she's like, just do it. And I'm like, okay. So I did it, and that's what started.
1: (laughs) And here we are. That's
0: Um, pretty much how it started.
1: That's funny, and and so your astrology uh, business is called Sovereign Harmony, right? Mm -hmm. That's the and and you also do something called Heart Math. Is that?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. So so originally, when I first did my cards and became an astrologist, it was two thousand eight. Um, I was under under the the title My Astro Chris. It was just like a um. You know, it just sounded, it had a nice, it had a ring, (laughs) it had a ring to it. I just went with it, my astro, Chris, whatever. And that lasted um, a few years and it built on its own and it was great and everything else. And then, like in 2010, I remember it was was right around the time when Uranus entered Aries in the spring Mm -hmm. of 2010, and there was a Mercury retrograde going on. And I was, I've always just kind of been really mulling over kind of like where society is going and, you know, from an astrological perspective and what I'm seeing with, you know, like, you know, the changes and shifts and whatnot. And this phrase sovereign harmony just kind of fell into my head and I went, I love it. And I just transferred everything over to that idea because it was more of an umbrella idea where astrology can fit in rather than just pigeonholing myself as an astrologer.
1: Oh my God. Um,
0: And so, where the heart math comes in with Mm -hmm. that is that it is in line with this idea of sovereign harmony because it really they have what's called like the resilience um, advantage program. And it's all about learning how to master your own thoughts and emotions to stay in a state of harmony and peace and whatnot. And that is really what I mean by sovereign harmony. So, I was attracted to heart math because it fit underneath this umbrella of what I do. So the idea of sovereignness is um, you know knowing your whole connection to the universe first um, as a way to harmonize also knowing your unique fingerprint um, and that's where astrology comes mm-hmm. in you know understanding how you're uniquely um, you know arranged at an unconscious level and how others are can help you to harmonize and so instead of just saying like like so for example you know one person with mercury in in Aries you know, uh, interacting with someone with mercury in cancer, for example, we know that's a square. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be some communication clashes there, but if one is in a position of power, say like an parent child relationship or a employer employee relationship or something like that, um, the one that's in power is going to try to enforce their style mm-hmm. of communication onto the other. Right. And so the other's communication style becomes wrong and, and pushed down and demonized and whatnot. And that is, so there could be some self-compromise in order to be loved and accepted and, you know, incorporated into situation. So um, the whole point of Sovereign Harmony is recognizing our own unique imprint, our own, and how that is actually just a, a whole representation, a whole fractal representation of the universe and respecting other people's fractal representation of the universe and coming from that position so that you can consciously create harmony and that's mm. one of the my my latest kind of um you know program or um you know title for what i put out there is what i call creating compatibility it's not um i think when we when we hear the word compatibility especially in astrology it's all about what sign is compatible with what another sign? You know? How does this
1: magically happen? We don't have yeah. to work at it.
0: <laughs> exactly. But so my my whole thing is, you know, you're going to be, we're, we're attracted to people that, in, that encourage growth. We're not attracted to people that encourage stagnation. Or if we are, then we're kind of avoiding the growth that we came here to do. And um, so it's really about, you know, following your heart first when it comes to partnering up, whether that's. A job that feels right or a location that feels right for you to live or uh, another human being that feels right to partner with um trusting that and then using a tool like astrology to understand how you're different and how you know how you can harmonize how do you naturally harmonize but where there's going to be clashes unless you're conscious of it and how to actually overcome those clashes because there's no such thing as um you know just just The compatibility that exists, Um, you know, you've got to have two willing people to create the compatibility. That's the only way you're ever going to get it. So it isn't about magically finding it. It's about understanding the tools that can help you assess what needs to be done to create compatibility.
1: Mm. This is so interesting because, and I love the way you, you broke that all all down. Um, and it's interesting to me because here we are today. We were going to talk about Uranus and Taurus and Mars and Aquarius. Where I'm a little late on the on the you know <laughs> on the go with this, but I feel it's so funny that we're talking about this right now with uh, this week. Um, and of course we record this ahead of time, but this week we have Venus uh, opposing Saturn. Um, that's one of our big aspects of the week. So it's kind of funny how you're bringing up this compatibility and like working within limitations of, you know, deal or like understanding and, um, you know, harmonizing with other people and making the choice to do so. And just, I don't know, it seemed <laughs> impromptuly very right for some of the things going on this week.
0: Yeah, very much. So.
1: So there is a little tidbit of that, and I love. That's very interesting that Sovereign Harmony just came to you because um, uh, Christopher and I are born. We're born the same year. We're you know handful of months apart, and. Uh, so it's it's funny because around the time that I came up with Energetic Principles, it was around the same exact time that you're talking about. It came <laughs> out of the blue and it just seemed right. I like bought all the domains, all the things.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I didn't touch it. It's not like I just went for it right there. I waited like four plus years before I even like started to do something with it. Um, so I was kind of chuckling to myself when you were sharing that tidbit because it, it felt familiar
0: (laughs) it's interesting because i also i tried to force this my astro chris into sovereign harmony it kind of destroyed that energy because the my astro chris was doing so well um and i kind of destroyed it in retrospect i look at it because i tried to force it into this idea that wasn't ready to go yet like you said you waited several years um and it was exactly what i probably should have done was just sit on it and continue with my astro chris for a while but I didn't do that. Yeah. So that's, that's the Mercury and Aries in me. <laughs> I got the idea. Let's do it. Let's, let's just, do it. Go, let's go, just obliterate go. it. No, no thinking about it. Let's just get, and you know, I, I killed my Astro Chris, which was actually doing well. Um, and because I think I created some kind of energy void. Um, cause I, I, like I said, sovereign harmony, just like energetic principles was still gestating And I was hoping that everything would fall into that.
1: You're like, it's come to term, right? Already? Let's get in there. (laughs) I
0: was like, yeah, it's been four months. Whatever. Get out of there. You're you're ready to go. That's, you know, we all make mistakes. And I think I look at that as like, yeah, that was, if I was more, um, you know, just feeling feeling it out, I would have known, I think that I should just sit on the Sovereign Harmony and, you know, get the domains, get all that, but don't. Don't make any major changes to what I to my client telling one. I should have d- done it more gradually.
1: Yeah, but it was. Well, you'll you learn. You know. Exactly. <laughs> Is your Mercury early degrees of of uh, Aries?
0: Oh oh yeah, Saturn smack dab in a square to my Mercury right now.
1: Well, I was just thinking how you are saying right when Uranus moved into uh, Aries when it kind of came to you, it was probably conjunct your Mercury right there.
0: It's took it took a couple years after that. Okay. Yeah, it was like I think twenty twelve. But it's interesting you talk about the Saturn uh, Venus opposition here this week. Yeah, um, that's that's full on squaring my Mercury at eight degrees. So.
1: <laughs> oh yes. Uh, well, it's it's opposing my it's opposing my own Venus. <laughs> so I'm having a Venus conjunction at oh. the time of the
0: uh, oh. opposition
1: to Saturn.
0: <laughs> you have a Venus return. Venus returning
1: um, and opposing, six, yeah. Oh, it's already been racking me in many ways. I've already had the uh, the first pass of Saturn, uh, you know, opposite, uh, opposing it, um, and yeah, there was definitely a parting of ways uh, with someone um, due through limitation and <laughs> uh, reorganizing our values and realizing that they're not the same and choosing to go separate directions. So that definitely fit in that in in that regard um so yeah well then you're feeling me you know well, yep. different energies but we're we're both limited in in some ways in regards to this so it's interesting yours will be in a t-square well we'll see how that goes and around the time that you get to move how fun
0: wonderful yes
1: <laughs> yes all right well that being said that's our little venus opposition saturn segment that was impromptu <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we're going to actually talk about what i said we we're going to talk about not that we have to, but uh, why not? You know, we're already here, so um, so we're going to talk about a little bit about Uranus and Taurus and Mars and Aquarius and some of the, um, and it, it well, it's special because obviously it takes Uranus a long time to move into another sign, and I talked about this last week with Annalisa Six a little bit with our new moon segment, um, but now it's like getting in there, it's settling, it's almost kind of fun because we get to talk about it a little after the fact now since it's it's. We got a little proof of what's kind of going on. Um, And so we have Uranus and Taurus. It's zero degrees right now settling in. Um, And same with Mars and Aquarius because we're, you know, it's it's happened like – a day or two ago as we record this. Um, and there's already some tension uh, because basically Mars is squaring Uranus right now. And we're going to feel this, you know, through this week that we're currently living as we're talking about this. And it'll start to reside as we get into the week that you actually be listening to this. Um, but I just found it, I don't know. I've, been, I've just been fascinated personally with Uranus uh, moving into Taurus and what that could potentially just look like. Personally, yes, but more so on on the world, like a world sphere and like how it ends up um, impacting us. Because Uranus and Aries changed, uh, you know, definitely fired up the world in a lot of ways. And I think it had a lot to do with Uranus, you know, squaring Pluto during that time, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so the world just got a little more volatile in many ways. And people are like, oh, Uranus and Taurus, you know, Taurus is more subtle, more... Uh, <laughs> You know, and we're like, but yeah, it's Uranus. If anything, it's kind of worse. I mean, what do you think about that? Like going from natural Aries, uh, kind of shake them up to Taurus, which does not like the be shook.
0: <laughs> Boy, yeah, it's, it's a it's a big big change in expression, and I find it I find it interesting that Mars, um, you know, entered Aquarius within hours yes of uranus into taurus and that they will be kind of dancing in a square for several months until uh like september i believe something like that
1: yeah they Um, have uh i I have some dates because i'm nerdy like that so we basically (laughs) have mars square uranus was on may 16th uh it happens again on august 1st uh when mars is retrograde and then again on september 18th when mars
0: is direct so that that's what i was referring to so when it I always look at the, you know, when it's going in and out with a retrograde as the entire period, um, going back to the word gestation, you know, it's not. So it's funny because, you know, Uranus, Mars, you think Uranus, Mars square volatility. That's like the first thing that, that comes to mind. But because Uranus is not Taurus, because Mars is retrograde during this initiation phase, it feels very gradual. It feels like a gradual, vo, you know, gradualness to what that might end in some kind of um, drastic move forward or change in the fall. Um, but it's like the summer is really, um, figuring it out. It's almost like we can feel it coming. We can Mm -hmm. feel it coming all summer. Um, and it, it kind of, it's, it's, it's in enough slow enough motion that we can really, um, you know, contain it. And that's where the Taurus energy comes in. So it's like there's some big changes in our personal lives and collectively on the horizon, um, but they're not gonna just come in and surprise us. They kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of know and sense they're coming, but then it's suddenly gonna be here, you know. Kind of speculation, speculation, and then boom, here it is. Um, that's that's the kind of energy I get from this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know, anytime you have, um, you know, like Uranus and Taurus, like we're talking about, I feel like it really, you know, the start of the cycles when Uranus entered Aries, you know, the start of a new cycle. And like you, your, you know, yourself and myself and other people, um, we're feeling ideas and, and, you know, ungrounded, just knowingness that, that area and energy of like where our lives are going to be headed. Um, and it's not until it grounds itself into Taurus that we actually get implementation of these radical ideas for yes. implementation of these new technologies. Um, and, and, so like whatever technologies that have been uh, under the radar, being worked on the last seven eight years um, suddenly could find application in the world and suddenly like you know Taurus being you know having to do with food and, and water and, and the basics of life um, you know maybe there's some technologies that have been just dating here the last several years that solve some problems right away very quickly. Uh...
1: I like that a lot, actually, because, I, you know, you've been seeing on Facebook uh, a lot. I'm sure you probably see them come and go. Mm-hmm. There's always these videos of innovative things that we can do for society, yeah. you know, like, like you say, cleaning the water or like getting all the straws out of the ocean or all these things. And it's, these are just, they seem like they work so well, but they're just these like, concepts that are not in place. So I love what you're saying there of how maybe we can like take these ideas and all these prototypes and, you know, get them in motion.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's and I I feel like like the technologies that are going to come out of the next seven or eight years already exist. Mm -hmm. So they've already been born. That's the Aries energy. They've been born. Um, And just like just like your your energetic principles has been born. I know Sovereign Harmony has been born. but We haven't really, really (laughs) been able to anchor it in in a monetary, you know, in, in a way that's that's monetarily fulfilling. And, and sustaining, yes. right? And that's what Taurus is. It's about
1: earthly staining. stable. Yeah. yeah
0: stable <laughs> sustenance and whatnot. And so it's a time of finding sustenance through radical um techniques and, and, and whatnot. I mean, in the last time Uranus was in Taurus, I mean, and this is a more negative um, you know, expression of this, this was the mid-1930s to the early 1940s. Think of how many, you know, technologies that were played with. In the late twenties to early thirties, when Uranus was in Aries, um, that suddenly found application in World War II, right? Mm -hmm. Rapid advancements in technology happened during World War II. In other words, rapid implementation of what had already been tinkered with prior, Um, and uh, you know, and so, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, (laughs) the same same kind of of uh, theme that's going on now. Um, But, you know, I'll bring in Regulus, which I'm not sure how many people are familiar with that, but that fixed star, I mean, fixed, yeah, um, fixed star that- uh,
1: Our Trump star, basically. The
0: Trump star. (laughs) You can think of it as a Trump star. Um, It's, you know, it was at 29 degrees Leo. It entered 29 degrees Leo right around the time Uranus entered Taurus in the 1930s. And so that was happening at a time when power structures were getting super imbalanced and um, you know, destruction was like the the, the way the, the world and, and imbalanced resources and whatnot. And now with Regulus and Virgo, it's a very different expression. You know, So Uranus right now at about zero degrees Virgo is, I mean, sorry, zero degrees Taurus is an exact trine to Regulus at zero yeah, degrees yeah. Virgo right now. And so there's, there's a much more gradual ease into what Regulus and Virgo is about, which is a more balanced power structure, a more um, you know, more power in the pieces. We're going to having to do with the pieces, right? Mm-hmm. So, power in the pieces is the opposite of centralization, right? It's decentralization. So, the power in this gradual decentralization, and um, some of that has to do with technology. You know, we have communication technology, which means you don't have to be in the same physical space as another human being, like we're doing right now. I mean, generally geographically, we're in similar spaces, but you know, we don't have to be in the same room um and this has huge implications uh, for how government is structured down the line and everything else because you know we still have this this world where we send representatives from from small districts to washington dc to live and have a salary and all this good stuff um when they could be working from home essentially working in their districts um, not you know, being corrupted.
1: connected with, you know, who they're supposed to be representing in the exactly. first
0: place. Exactly. So they can connect to the, you know, greater, um, whole, you know, greater representatives all over the country um, while having a physical experience and connection wow. with the actual people. I
1: love that, Chris. That's right. good.
0: That's good. It's one one example of, you know, you know, technology that exists. Like, why? Why? Like think how much money can be saved. Taxpayer money can be saved. I know. But uh, right? If you're not, and, and lobbyists. You know how they how they, they they work is they have everyone in one room, everyone in one place. It's very easy to influence groups of people. It's very hard to influence people that are in their own sovereign space, right? Their yeah. own sovereign um, areas of you know geographic areas and whatnot. In 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 coming from that space, but I see Regulus and Virgo as that decentralization of power um and uranus and taurus is again implementing technology in a solid form and so that we're we're kind of on our way and then you add in saturn and capricorn so you got this grand trine in earth and saturn wanting to to transform those you know hierarchies and whatnot Um, so this is the time and it's not like it happens overnight but like we're in this time of that transition to decentralization Using technology um, and changing the way we, we kind of rule ourselves because we're being sovereign beings. And this is you know my my opinion speaking, etc. But being sovereign beings, we we've got to start um, governing ourselves as if we are right because the way it's set up now is is very much based on dependency. And that is totally true. <laughs> and that's trying to get stronger and stronger. And with regulus at in Leo, when it was at twenty-nine degrees Leo, that dependency was was increased. It was amped up. Um, you can see it right in the beginning here, like FDR was was was, you know, in office in the US, for example, and it was getting ever progressively toward dependency and you know, social security and this and that. And these aren't necessarily bad things, but there's better ways to do it. Um, is 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 the way I look at it. Um, you know the idea and this is you know getting into like politics and whatnot like when Bernie Sanders came out here in 2016 everyone's like, oh Bernie 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 everything sounded great but the math doesn't really work out um and the great thing about technological advances is like when it comes to supply and demand and labor and etc cetera, etc cetera, we're at a point where technologically speaking with 3d printing and um you know our connectivity technologies and it's whatnot
1: automation of every, you know things you know
0: yeah. there's a way yeah and automation is a key people fear automation because it means it takes away our jobs which yeah. takes away our money um, but the reality is if you can create or it's produce without labor that's essentially the, the definition of free stuff
1: free, i was going to say like right?
0: the, <laughs> Well, it not come
1: from the labor. Yeah. Exactly. No,
0: exactly. Because labor is nothing. It has no value. Like, if, if the only reason why things cost something is because it took labor to create it, to produce it. Mm-hmm. If you can produce it without labor, that's the definition of free. So it's, not, it's different than everybody giving their money to government and the government giving everyone things for free. That's very different and it's very unsustainable. Um, but this idea of automated. Uh, technologies producing and making sure there's you know there's food and the basics are provided for here's taurus the basics are provided for without cost in other words without labor um, that is actual freedom because you're not only are you can you get those those products for free um it didn't cost anything to get them in other words but you're like you said free from the labor to actually create them
1: yeah, but it's it's scary at the same time because if it's basically it goes against the whole constructs of our society and how we think, you know, stability and security is found. And that can have a lot to do with, you know, uh, this whole tour of Pluto in Capricorn as it breaks down all these, you know, societal structures, corporations, how we go about things, how we go about our work. Um, and we're around in the last, uh, you know, Bit of that now that we're in the you know the third decan of it (laughs) and it'll be here till well in 2024 will be uh, a big year when it moves but um no i find that i find that fascinating and a good way of looking at it because it is true we could we just have to re uh do the structure of what we see labor looking like and Mm -hmm. realizing that we are just perpetuating uh the idea of us being slaves to this thing that we don't necessarily have to be. Uh, in, but we have to restructure the power dynamics of how the whole system is set up for that to be, uh, you know, functional. And that's why it is scary because, because no automations, yeah, you're free from the labor, but no one's being like, okay, well, now let's set it up so that, you know, you are paid in a different way of value because people mm-hmm. value work, people ha- hard work. And, you know, speaking as a moon and Capricorn, I've <laughs> been there myself as a workhorse from time to time. Um, but now we just have to switch our idea of what, you know, people should get paid for and, you know, what, what people will create, um, you know, because money is value, right? Like that's the idea It's like we do something and you're getting paid for it and we're valuing your service or we're valuing your hard work. Um, and so that has to change in some way, uh, you know, what are you valuable for then? Right. Essentially, if you're not doing the work and everything's automated and we don't need you to, you know, put Mm -hmm. that rivet in, what are you valuable for? And that is the, that's the key crux here, I think. And, and, I, well, there's lots of different things, but just saying.
0: <laughs> and that exactly what what you're saying there is is, is the whole I think, like I said process of transforming from dependency to um, you know interdependence or you know the the connection between sovereign beings who are wholly um, representing you know the universe at the same time can be provided for for free right if we allow that to happen so it's just total like with pluto and capricorn like you're saying this breakdown of this idea of dependency this dependency on government this dependency on um you know the, uh, you know ha- the systems of put labor in deserve to eat you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know that, like that's that can go away with automation with technological advance with uh, what we're talking about but again it, it, again if we have if everyone's equal right everyone's equal in terms of having basics provided for then like like you said what are you valued before like why do we need you right and that's that's it forces us to dig within and figure out what our best gifts are because everything becomes value added um and not necessity right Mm -hmm. you become it's not because right now it's based on need oh they need me for this so i'm gonna i'm gonna eat well for the next 20 years because this person needs my services and it's like what if they no one needed anything from you what could you offer right and that really has you um have to focus on um you know what is your your unique sovereign fingerprint and that this is where a tool like astrology can become very valuable and a person who is an astrologer can become very valuable to help people uh figure out what they can offer and what can can lead to the most value now that we already know we're going to eat sleep and um be well uh what do i do with my life right yeah exactly (laughs) it's like it's like like being retired from the day you're born right like you have enough (laughs) That's funny.
1: No, it's true because it's like, especially, yeah, it's one, it would be different from the day you're born because you'd just be born into this thing. It's like, yeah, well, maybe I can develop, uh, you know, go towards the things that I love to do in life and they'll be, you know, more on a purposeful, um, mm-hmm. you know, helping, you know, hu- humanity in some way or just, you know, developing your soul and you just don't have the pressures of those very basic things, like you're saying, those kind of like more root chakra, you know, like, uh, yeah. just. To, you know, how am I going to have shelter over my head? You know, something in my mouth to eat, you know, like, yeah. Um, and yeah. And then I think what you were saying also about just feeling needed through what it is that we provide on an earthly level, um, or that's how we kind of develop our own value. And I mean, we do, everybody does it to some extent based on how much money you make, you know, uh, we like to pretend that that doesn't matter, but it absolutely does. It dictates most of our society, you know, what your proverbial value is in, in the monetary system that we currently live in. Uh, and that's why it's kind of crazy with all the, uh, you know, like the Bitcoin thing coming out with, um, you know, all these random people becoming millionaires, you know, thrice over or whatever, <laughs> you know, these like little kids that are like 19, you know, from, uh, that just do not look like, you know, but they've, they've cracked into something. And so mm-hmm. I find it interesting, especially with Bitcoin and who knows, you know, this could be a thing or this could be a huge bubble that's about to burst because, you know, Uranus is full of surprises. Yeah. Um, and But I love the idea because it goes back to what you were saying of the decentralization of things. And the whole idea of Bitcoin is basically because it's not controlled by a bank or a corporation and it's basically partitioned out into all these, you know, uh, super high energy, you know, another Uranus type of thing, uh, computer servers that, you know, take up immense amounts of energy like just uncomprehensible to even run these systems but because it's decentralizing all this it is essentially giving a a, you know financial freedom from from the middleman and so that's an interesting concept as well to me at least (laughs) that
0: that, that goes back to the again with the transition from dependency being needed that middleman is needed right and then when they're not needed it's like okay what is my value you know and um you know I think like I said, going back to decentralization too, um, you know Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency based on what's called blockchain technology, and it's that a blockchain technology that is decentralized in nature. Um, and so that that's what sets it apart from you know other types of of approaches, and it can be used for more than just cryptocurrencies. Um, and so I feel like there's going to, so this is one of those things is blockchain technology, that I feel like has been gestating with Uranus and Aries, and it's going to come out full bore here with Uranus and Taurus over the next, you know, eight years or so. Um, it's just interesting to me also that, you know, you're, uh, the t- old time period Uranus is in Taurus, Pluto finishes up in Capricorn, mm-hmm. um, and they both kind of switch. Signs and Neptune also will switch signs into Aries all within a couple, like a year or two of each other in the mid 2020s. And so, you know, we're kind of now with Uranus and Taurus, we're in the final leg of this transition because everything else has already moved to where it's going to be for this final transition. Pluto, Uranus, and uh, Neptune all move out all of a sudden. Because, you know, Neptune's been in Pisces since 2011, Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008. So they were kind of phases. And now with Uranus and Taurus we're finally in the you know the final the leg that this final stretch here it's less than a decade to go um, in this final stretch um, and things are going to start really transforming and moving and I feel like Uranus and Aries was just the creation and gestation of technologies like blockchain um, and cryptocurrencies I think are going to be a big part of that I personally and anyone can disagree I don't care but um (laughs) when it comes to bitcoin specifically Mm -hmm. the specific cryptocurrency called bitcoin Mm -hmm. i feel like you know and you know the way the media is created it's you know very centralized um owned by a handful of people and what we're allowed to know we're allowed to know we're not allowed to know we're not allowed to know at this point i feel like that'll transform but it's it is what it is now and The reason why we're allowed to hear about Bitcoin, I'm suspicious of the fact that it's allowed because there's other cryptocurrencies you don't hear about. Um, Why are they pushing Bitcoin? Why is Bitcoin being pushed? If you notice at the end of 2017, there was a huge spike in Bitcoin and then it dipped right at the end of the like right after the end of the year. Just a nosedive. Um, When you understand the whole, like, from a tax perspective, IRS, uh, when it comes to capital gains, you know, how many people. Made some money, pulled out, and had, to, and now owe the, owe the government some some essentially what I would call at this point, and you know we can argue the, the semantics, but real money now they have to pay real money yeah for fake money, money. that they made right that they can't really use, um, and so it could just be a way the government um, and the, not necessarily the government but the the you know bankers that own the government and tell the government what to do um, to make even more money off of nothing. Right to, to enslave people a little bit more.
1: Well, and that's that's the interesting thing here, though, because here we are. where basically we are coming up with a conundrum of sorts, right? And that's the whole idea of of Taurus and Uranus. As I went I did like a brief history of you know Uranus and Taurus, at least in American history, you know, through you know the yeah. early sixteen hundreds. And what I've noticed is that there's always e- contention with money, obviously. Mm-hmm. and how and especially taxes and how it is kind of worked out like this is when we you know we had the boston tea party when uh <laughs> when we had uranus and taurus and um and then you know the whole idea of the the dust bowl and you know working through mm-hmm. the 30s and stuff like that but here we are essentially we're pro posing the question you know hey but you have to pay taxes and real money you know how does this work and so by having this kind of um Conflict, You know, it brings up the question, yeah, how does that work? You know, because obviously that's not working anymore. So all these challenges basically have to come up to come up with new innovative solutions of how this is going to work. Because I don't think blockchain, like you said, the technology itself isn't going anywhere. And you could be right about Bitcoin just being the largest of that and kind of mimicking in its own right, uh, you know, the system we're trying to get away from, you know, holding Mm -hmm. people holding it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm just wondering if like what you're saying, um, you know, those are the types of bubbles that are going to come up to be, you know, worked through or contested or like, you know, because obviously it's not going to be a a flowing, like let's, here, we're just here now with money and, you know, this is this and that's that. Instead, we're going to have to go through, you know, innovating the whole system. And I find it very interesting, especially the day that um, Uranus moved into Taurus that was the day um, that was the day that you know venezuela uh, started to uh they launched like a their own blockchain uh like a digital currency called el petro uh and in russia russian a russian bank is agreed to back it and yeah. so it's very interesting because I I saw this whole thing. I think it was on Vice News. A couple because I've been fascinated with Russia in in many regards, and I'm sure many people out there have. If you follow politics, but Russia, even though their chart is a little bit hard to like pin down their astrological chart, you know, just based on you know the changes of the USSR and all that, but they seem to be a very tourist driven. Venus-driven type of chart. Um, And so I was just like, how is Russia going to play into all this? Um, Especially, you know, we haven't even talked about oil or anything like that. We could have like a five-hour podcast, basically. (laughs) We're not going to do that. But I just found it very interesting because with all of these economies, basically... they're, they're suffering, you know, in, in many ways, including the Russian economy and their, you know, rubles. Um, and so, uh, Putin had, uh, made a meeting with the second biggest blockchain out there is Ethereum. And it just happens to have been made by like a, you know, a 21 year old Russian kid who, who lived in Canada. (laughs) Um, but he invited him to Russia to be like, you know, to tell me what's going on. Let's work together. Because in his mind, Rather than trying to build up the current currency and get that back to what it could be he 's like, "Forget it you know i 'm going to go over here with this new technology and be one of the first to implement you know uh, cryptocurrencies as a legit thing, and so the fact that he uh, you know guaranteed through, well maybe not him but i 'm sure the Russian bank that did you know was talking to him in some ways it 's very interesting because now there 's a bank to be uh, back venezuela 's Uh, digital currency and so i just just the day that uranus moves into taurus i find that very you know interesting
0: (laughs) it's it's sort of like you know right around the time that pluto entered capricorn um the economy collapsed in the us um right around the time that jupiter just entered scorpio here in october was when the weinstein scandal came out so these very um you know thematically appropriate things tend to line up with the with the first entrance of the you know the the longer or slower moving planets um, when they enter new signs, it's always interesting to see that. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's a it's a beginning of the trend we're going to see over the next say almost a decade here um, with Uranus and Taurus for about seven or eight years. Um, and you know, interesting to note, you know, when it comes to the dollar and and whatnot, I mean, it's sort of had its run, uh, yeah. and <laughs> the U.S. and interests in it. Ie, Britain, Israel, are desperately trying to maintain the value of that currency, or other countries like you're talking about, Venezuela, Russia, China. They're looking for other ways to do it, and this is exactly what Uranus and Taurus is going to be. It could be uh, this could be the time period where we shift from the dollar to something else, or to a variety of something else's. There's Uranus, right, splitting mm-hmm. up um the currencies that's uranus and taurus right um where uh there is it could add stability by decentralizing it instead of being all the dollar it can be many different types of um both physical as well as electronic um representations of value and money and you know right now if, if people aren't familiar with you know russia china uh, i think it's uh, south africa um, Brazil and India; those five nations are all in the process of trying to create a new sort of global financial system away from the International Monetary Fund, which is, you know, very global elite-based and you know bank, you know, Brit- British bank, U.S. bank-based kind of um, arena, and do something new. And that's what's called BRICS, B R I C S, which is just just an acronym for those five nations: Brazil, Russia. Uh, India, China, and South Africa. Um, and so it makes sense to me that someone like Russia is looking for alternatives because no one wants to be stuck under the dollar or I know under what motivates most of the invasions of nations over the last 15 to 20 years, oh my gosh. right? I mean, that's yeah. exactly what it has been, has been maintaining the petrodollar, maintaining the petrodollar, It's all it is, and instilling those central banks in those countries that have refused to have one. Um, and so this is, a you know, our media is obviously gonna make Russia look like the bad guys in every situation. And in, through, through public relations campaigns, you can make anyone look good or anyone look bad, no matter what. Um, you know, it was obviously a campaign, like looking at our current, like the last two presidents here, um, the public relations campaign was obviously to make Obama look like, he, he, you know, he could do no wrong and his shit doesn't stink no matter what. And Trump is, we're supposed to look at him like the evil villain no matter what he does. Um, And you can be like, well, but that's who they really are. But it really is a function of the public relations campaigns and who's funding and making that happen. And I'm not saying Trump is a good guy or Obama's a bad guy. I'm just saying that we have certainly been, if you just watch the general media, we're supposed to believe those things. And the same thing can be true about Russia um, through our media you know, it's all criticism. It's all, um, it's just, and, and I feel like it's a manipulation that's taking advantage of a lot of like older people that have memories of Russia being the enemy.
1: Well, yes, especially <laughs> all the older people were raised during the Cold War. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it is literally ingrained in their beings to be afraid or yeah. angry or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly, and so it's just taking advantage of that. And it's really, um, it's, these are the efforts, I feel like, of, a, of the f- falling away of Regulus in Leo energy. Um, that because we're, you know, we're past it now, but because every single person on the planet that was born between the late 1930s and about 2011, which is the vast majority of the planet, we were all born with Regulus at 29 degrees Leo, including Trump, um, and his just happens to be on his ascendant. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it's it's really is the stuff that has to come up to be released so that we can move forward with something new, but it's this desperation to maintain control, contain and, and, and sustain what has already outlived its,
1: Oh, I like that. And because, you know, what I've noticed when I went back in in history, especially American history, um, is when Uranus is in Taurus, that's when all the destabilization happens and we, and, and there is an attempt or a, a warring factor or a side that is trying to hold on to the status quo or keep things as they are like with, you know, um, when we had the boston tea party you know and dealing with the the taxes and you know being leveraged upon by this government that was trying to control from across the you know the pond and then it became revolutionary war and then we had you know basically In the 1800s, Uncle Tom's Cabin was published and slaves' rights were very much, you know, coming to the forefront. And it's no coincidence that once Uranus moved into Gemini, we had the Civil War. So, Mm -hmm. and then we basically had the Dust Bowl dealing with... Dealing with being neutral, you know, in the 30s, we had to be neutral uh, because we didn't want to get into war. But instead, even though we didn't want to get into war, we had um, a cash and carry act that allowed us to sell goods to warring countries and like, you know, help out there. And then when Uranus moved into Gemini, we joined World War II. So there is no, I'm seeing like four correlations of basically us getting into war right at the end of Taurus and into Gemini, and I'm not trying to say like we're going to be there, but with all these things coming up and and people trying new uh, avenues, like we're saying, you know, Russia, like you just said, with the BRICS and all those countries going to these new solutions um, that don't necessarily favor the United States and the power that's been held there, held there, you know, that is when that is when you know. The, the, that's when war happens and in some way, shape or form, it doesn't have to be, we've, we've gotten past the point technologically speaking that, um, you know, it's like, you know, the ground wars and all that. So it th- can be a different type of, um, conflict, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just find it very fascinating and I don't want to be a Debbie Dowder or anything like that. And there's so many more years to go, but anyways. Yeah.
0: And well, it's interesting. Like I said, the, the chunk of planets that are changing signs in the mid night in the mid 2020s, sorry, um, one of them is Neptune entering Aries that, you know, the sign of war, but it's Neptune. Like you said, um, it's, it might not be as direct. It might not be as, as violent. Um, but there could be some nebulous conflict yeah. at, that, at that time. Um, it could be cyber, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Uranus and Gemini, Pluto and Aquarius at that time. Um, this could very well be cyber wars, Right? Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah, it, it could. Oh my, I feel like we're in a sci-fi movie,
0: right? <laughs> no, it, it, that's exactly what it is. I feel like if there's any kind, I feel like the, if there's going to be a World War III, it would probably be around that time and it won't look like anything you know it's a cyber war
1: yeah it won't look like anything we've ever seen before and that's 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 that idea
0: kind of like are we at war War, what is this war
1: is this war yeah Yeah. there's like this subtle penetrating influence and or you know
0: i think i think it could be the final um you know to go on a more positive note it could be like you know the final dissolution of the need for war at that point um with the total connectivity that could happen
1: oh um, god that would be so
0: it's like you know because think about it now we're in Regulus and Virgo we're not in Regulus in Leo like the last several examples of Uranus and Taurus entering Gemini were right they all happened with Regulus and Leo um so given that Regulus has to do with power structures and and, and conflict and whatnot um it might look very different uh with Regulus and Virgo when Uranus enters Gemini this time um, and with Pluto and Aquarius and Neptune and Aries, this could be dissolution of the idea of conflict as we know it um, and the kind of interconnectivity of decentralized units. Um, that's, that's another way to look at it. Mm.
1: Well, it's interesting, too, because you're uh, like how you're like, well, maybe there won't be something to war over. And, I, you know, the things we've been warring over, especially in the last exactly. know, half a century, have been mostly um, oil related, and you know, holding resources and stuff like that. And then, of course, the opiate situation. But um I find it interesting, and this is another little side note. We might have to talk about Mars and Aquarius just a little bit before we wrap it up. I'm way over time, but I'm really enjoying talking to you, so I'm not stopping it. Anyways, um, (laughs) so... What I found interesting, uh, because I've been watching this guy on YouTube that predicts earthquakes, because earthquakes Uh is a very Iranian type of thing, Uh taking that earth up. Um, And I found it very interesting as, um, of course, I was like, let me look at, you know, what is our history with oil and the oil wells? And it was very interesting that I found that the first successful oil well that was established just in general, was in 1938, and that was at the end of a Taurus-Uranus cycle. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and what he was saying as I was watching his videos um, and how these earthquakes, especially in the... Uh, you know, how there have been earthquakes in like Oklahoma and stuff, you know, and in and yeah. Texas. And, and he was pointing out, I was watching him like do like Google Earth grid maps of uh, the oil wells and how they are basically pieced out, as I'm thinking about Regulus and Virgo now, pieced out in these, you know, grids and structures. But what's happening as we're, you know, fracking or drilling down, we're, we are basically disrupting the whole infrastructure of the core. And so even though, you know, we're getting these resources out, just all this planned grid-like um, penetration to the earth is destabilizing, you know, the shelf, the shelf, basic, or, you know, like what keeps that area from having, you know, kind of Hawaii-like earthquakes or whatever. And so I just found it very interesting that, uh, you know, with Uranus and Taurus, because obviously we're talking about land here and something that's supposed to be, you know, stable and structured, um, If we're going to have an increase in, um, you know, Earth, you know, earthquakes in places that haven't been before because we've had this technology going for so long that has disrupted the the, the planet. If that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's all. All that mid country earthquakeing is definitely related to what you're talking about. I mean, there's no there's no, the correlation is, is pretty spot on. You know, from when it started and when the earthquake started, and um, it's it's obviously you know there's there's more definitely in my opinion more um, direct disruption to the Earth system from those activities um, than there is to any kind of emission activities.
1: Mm, gotcha. Uh,
0: you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that for sure. Is a one to one correlation here. You know, you are gonna we're gonna drill here, move land around here, things shake. I wonder why it shook. You know? <laughs> right.
1: Oh, I'm wondering because uh, it just popped in my head, um, you know, because obviously we have our, we had our Great American Eclipse last year in, uh, what day was it, August? I can't remember. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, well, and, and I was thinking about the next one, 2024, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, is it 2024? Yes. Yeah. Not 2020. 24. Okay. Anyways, um, I was just thinking about where the paths meet, you know, the eclipse uh-huh. paths. And the eclipse paths meet right in that zone yep. of like, uh, and so I'm like, just wondering. Like the
0: New, the new Madrid Fault. Yeah. If, if you're familiar, that was the one that was highly active 1811, 1812, I believe it was. There was like three major earthquakes, like we're talking like 7, 8.0 kind of style earthquakes mm-hmm. within a year, like three of them in the same general area. And so by like Memphis and, um, you know,
1: that's exactly where the the, that
0: area. Um, and there was reports of like the Mississippi river flowing backwards for a couple hours or something after one, like, like we're talking as violent as the earth can shake, um, in that area, which, you know, it goes dormant, but it was active people, people literally thought it was the end times, um, that lived in the area, even though, you know, Without the modern communication technology, as far as they're concerned, that is the whole world. They don't know that the whole world didn't just shake like that. You know, yeah. um, it's from that perspective, it can be pretty pretty frightening because you know it's not a generally an earthquake prone area. So if someone had you know, set a, maybe a century or two of history there with their family um, and never had an experience like that, this could really be could have been pretty intense. But uh, yeah, that is interesting how they intersect. Yeah. Um, right, right around in there. It's also, it's also interesting. I, I just I saw someone post something today. Um, so the the babies that were um, uh, conceived around that eclipse in August are now being born um, right oh, around now, yeah. which, is, which is also interesting. That is
1: interesting. We're
0: about nine months from that the last eclipse um so you know who are these you were these birthing people? this new generation of <laughs> who's being birthed right now yeah. and you know the... what are they coming here to do um i find that interesting too just a side note
1: yeah <laughs> well, that's fascinating all right well we've talked about enough about uranus and taurus although i mean i i'm sure yeah. you and i can both go on for days about this um but and that's what makes astrology so interesting um and because if you love to speculate this is a good place to be so uh, let's quickly talk about Mars and Aquarius before we wrap it up, um, just because uh, I said we were going to talk about it, so I, I like to keep my word. Um, and so we just have Mars coming into Aquarius now, and we're getting settled into that energy. And we're going to have Mars in Aquarius um, until November 15th because we have a retrograde cycle that is going on um, with, uh, and when are, when are we retrograding here?
0: It's like June, I believe June 26th to August 27th.
1: Yes. And so, so basically what's going on here is we have, uh, Mars, which I like what you were saying earlier, um, way earlier when we started talking about, uh, as we kind of slowly move into these gradual things that are happening, uh, um, and then maybe this Mars retrograde, because I noticed a lot of people are having shifts right now. And I mean, rightfully so, we have a lot of things shifting. But I mean, like big things, like, you know, closing down one thing, you know, moving across the country, or uh, quitting a job to go into to this job, or, you know, just these major life changes. And so I'm wondering if a lot of the things that are happening right now, um, and a lot of the action that we're taking or what we're motivated to, you know, put our energy into, if it, if, you know, and, true retrograde fashion it's going to be reviewed in some way um and i'm wondering if we're like because because basically why we're having this retrograde um mars and uranus are going to do a square dance a <laughs> uh, good old fashioned square dance together um uh which just happened uh on may 16th um and then august 1st and then september 18th like i said earlier and so i'm wondering if we're going to be reviewing some of these things um, you know these motivations that were driven to uh, go towards you know especially more like Aquarian things like you know it, our, kind of our individual uh, desires in some way of how we fit into the you know fit better into society. Um, if we're going to be like reviewing those, because I've seen a couple cases where people are making things, and I'm just wondering if people are going to have maybe changes of heart or re consider their direction in some way uh, even though they're making the changes now just because we have Mars that's going to be conjunct the south node and Aquarius um I'm just thinking maybe but I don't know what do you what do you think about any of that
0: (laughs) so um yeah Mars in Aquarius remember it's backing into Capricorn so I feel like that's true because and, and like you said a lot of people are going through some shifts right now um, but I think Mars in Aquarius. What it's going to be a review of is where are we headed, right? Because Aquarian Aquarius energy has to do with the future, future yeah. you know, what's in front of us, and so we're the Mars Uranus square is this urge to move forward and make make the you know make it real, make what we want in the future happen real, you know, it, right now. That's you know Uranus and Taurus. Let's let's manifest it. Um, Mars, let's go go now. And because it's a retrograde and it's not really moving anywhere fast, um, we're really having an opportunity to fine-tune exactly what direction we're going to head. And once we fine-tune it, we're going to head there pretty rapidly and um, in a tangible way, right? Mm -hmm. So no more of this, you know, I got an idea. It's more like, what do I do today to put this idea forward? Even if it's not complete and ready to go, what can I do today? And it's just wanting to take action toward what we're trying to build in the future now (laughs) Hmm. you want some real you know want to see some results that's that's a key too is like seeing results the real manifest um so i think it's it's a lot of us are going to be just reviewing and making sure that we're putting our um focus of our energy in the right direction because we don't want to be heading the wrong direction
1: Yeah. Um, And that's kind of what I'm wondering with the Mars and retrograde, not that we're going in the wrong direction, but really just honing in on what that direction looks like and maybe doing some twists and turns uh, along the way, Um, which I guess is the nature of life. But
0: (laughs) yeah, I was just see it like also putting a lot of faith in our own ideas, like, you know, that sovereign direction, that Mm -hmm. unique impulse, like having the faith to make it real now um, and but just playing with options this summer not necessarily um, committing to anything, but I feel like the commitment could happen fast, right? When it's ready and it won't be ready until about September or so. And that's when we'll be, all right, this is how I'm gonna approach heading toward what I want. So we might play with how we're approaching it over the next couple of months, several months, um, but it won't be till September, October that we are now inwardly committed to taking tangible action. And making, th- making our unique ideas real, because remember, um, you know Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, so we have Mars and Aquarius squaring the ruler of Aquarius. and so this is what modern ruler, I should say. Yeah. And um, there's that energy. it's all the energy of the future. It's all the energy of implementing our what we see, our vision into the now, into that Taurus, you know planting it in the ground so it can grow.
1: Well, and the fact that it that Mars retrogrades and stations direct on, you know, those closing degrees of Capricorn, which will be then yeah. solidifying those future directives into, um, you know, that the earthly plane and actually going and doing and committing yourself to this, you know, what it is you're working towards at that point. Um, so I like that a lot. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and just quickly before you go, we go, like, what do you think about Mars kind of dancing over the south node and how that might kind of come into play
0: Um, yeah i mean i think this goes back to like our discussion um earlier about how you know ideas just dated around 2010 2011 12 um so it's time to take some things from the past things that you know had fits and starts and didn't really go anywhere and consolidate what's still useful um and discard what isn't and so that way we know that um you know, we are heading toward the future um, full bore with everything that we can head, with, head toward it with um, and not bringing anything extra. So we're lightening up as well. So it's kind of a release of anything from the, any, also, but also a release of the perceived disappointments of the past, what didn't work out, how we really <laughs> wanted this thing to build and it didn't build at that time. And really, and not letting that like perception of failure um, block our, our path forward from here forward. So it's, um, sort of erasing the past, but, you know, taking whatever is still valuable from it, um, and only what's valuable and leaving behind all perceptions of disappointment and failure and, um, and just going this, this time, this time will work. Yeah. And you see, so we, we develop some valuable things. I just haven't produced value yet. And <laughs> well, so, and,
1: well, I've seen the idea of ideals, you know, like you're saying, leaving some things behind and how Aquarius can definitely deal in the land of idealism, um, it, at times and so I'm wondering like disappointments of the past or things that didn't quite work out you know maybe releasing certain ideals that we had around the situation itself in order to move on and like get away from you know you know because a lot of times what we ideally like in our mind or want to see it just doesn't pan out that way because you know reality doesn't work that way <laughs> usually
0: Exactly. Um,
1: so yeah yeah uh, all right Christopher we've talked about so many things <laughs> Uh, this is like double my normal interview, but it was fascinating. So I'm I'm totally glad you joined me today. So before we leave here, uh, where can people find you? What do you know? What are you offering? You got any things coming up? Um, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Uh, well, sovereignharmony.com is probably the best way you can use a contact form. Um, it'll get to my email. Uh, there's also a phone number on the website as well. Um, I am... Trying to focus when I can because I work a lot and I'm out of town and a lot of hours and uh, so when I do have time, um, and what I'm focusing on now is this idea of creating compatibility and so I'm doing you know personal readings for people you know birthday readings or um, you know personal readings etc. But I'm trying to concentrate a little more on creating compatibility, which is either a one-on-one partnership um, or even better group scale kind of applications, um, working with a, a business team, for example, or a family, for example. So like a group dynamic, um, really understanding the nuances of differences in unconscious styles of communication and values and action principles and you know all the things that the personal planets represent in our charts. Um, and so using that, but also the um, principles of heart math, which is again helping um, build resilience and um, honoring the sovereign ability to um, maintain and sustain one's own thoughts and emotions, regardless of what comes at them. Which, you know, I, I, I'm very passionate about this idea of people releasing themselves from this mass scale media influx. And um also, just trying. I'm trying to write a book on it, but again, not not, not a lot of time.
1: <laughs> <But, you know, laughs> well, someone's gonna have to look at their time here. Uh, as no, we
0: <laughs> basically, but the gist of this first book would be, you know, this idea of how do we how do we maintain our own truth, our sovereign truth, um amidst the sea of misinformation. And to me, it's all misinformation. <laughs> and the, the the concept of fake news, for example, has come up, but it's it's a funny notion because um, it implies that there's such thing as real news. It implies that there's such thing as authentic, unbiased information, which there isn't. There never has been, never will be. And so it's up to us as sovereign individuals to sift through information that is biased, that is, um, you know, preference in certain directions, and to really get the truth out of it that we can't take the best, leave the rest, hear everyone, follow no one um, kind of approach. Um, so we can understand what the truth is. And, you know, it's only in between ourselves. And not dividing ourselves in a way that we're, you know, we're, the intention is to divide us. Um, you know, this is this is the way through this kind of um, media centralization, so we can have a decentralized sense of what is true. You know, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, that's yes, things I'm working on. But. <laughs> Um,
1: well, we know that Christopher. If you if you contact him to uh, you know have a sit down, it's it's gonna get deep. You're gonna get in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of Virgo energy. You know, you can really get in there and separate all the pieces and, and you you get it. Pisces, and then you can see all the whole. You know, that's a great placement to have. I think. Um, uh, but yeah. So, but in, in, you can find him on SovereignHomedy.com. You can find on Facebook, you got Facebook. And then you do videos on YouTube uh, from time to time. And you did a Uranus and Taurus and Mars and Aquarius video before for getting on here. And so there's some different information there if you want to get into that subject a little bit more on your video. Um, So awesome. Thank you, Christopher. Totally
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love it. Love any opportunity to talk about this kind of stuff because, you know, can't really have this conversation at the grocery store.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: funny. Well, hopefully you'll
1: be back sometime and we'll talk about some other type of thing um, that is of equal fascinating. Uh, All right. Sounds good. All right. So where can people find me? Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. And once again, uh, if you want to take part in my uh, Patreon tarot subscription, or if you're interested in getting my bi-monthly moon horoscopes, uh, you can find out more by going to patreon.com backslash Energetic Principles. And as always, if you like what you heard here today and want to share all these musings on Uranus and Taurus, with other people, you know, share, a, tell a friend, you know, spread the good word. Um, and if you feel so inclined, uh, I am on iTunes and, you know, any type of rating, especially a good rating, <laughs> will help me get to be more visible. So um, if you want to do that or feel so inclined, I'd greatly appreciate it. So, all right, everyone, hope you're having a fabulous week um, and I thank you for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you. <laughs>